The Business Travel Podcast, brought to you by The Business Travel Magazine. Hi, my name is Blair Ferrison. I'm the editor of The Business Travel Magazine, and I'd like to welcome you to our Business Travel Podcast. This is part of a series called A Brighter Future, where we talk to people within the industry who share our belief that the pandemic, for all of the problems it's caused us, will essentially bring us some positives long term. Today I'm speaking to Beck Stedman, Managing Director for Blue, Blue, I always have a problem with this, Blue Cube Travel. Hi Bex. Hello darling, how are you doing? I'm very well thank you. Now we've never actually met face to face. No, I know. I know you well just from seeing on various um, webinars and we've had we've had Zoom chats um, not quite the same I know but I feel like I feel like I know you know and I can't wait to meet you when this is all possible again when the restrictions are lifted how have you been good question um, I'm, I'm questioning <laughs> myself um I am well thank you I'm gonna say I've been all over the place um I was chatting to Matt Holman recently about mental health I did one of his podcasts and I um I was like I've learned a lot about my mental health and since doing that I feel like I've um learned a lot more so it just it just keeps going on I think I was talking to a couple of people and it just feels at the moment this is about resilience now this is an endurance yes. um it's, as it goes on and on and on and I know we're talking about positivity today but even the likes of someone who is generally really positive um I have my moments, yeah. Um, um, but I'm good today, so it's a great day to do us this call. And, and it's a Monday, so that's even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've we've talked a bit a bit in the past about some of the things that you think um, will um, will be a benefit to the industry long term. Um, and one of the things uh, you, you, you're quite happy about the fact that, that travel will be reduced in some way, and and, and I think you're. You go as far as to say that you you welcome that and embrace it. Tell tell us tell us more. Yeah, no, of course. So let's be really honest. I sit in a place where I work at Blue Cube, and we're certainly a, a smaller travel management company. So when I talk, I'm talking from that experience, and I'm not talking from all of my friends across the industry who are in much more positions in much larger organisations and have a whole different set of circumstances. But I think it's because of that that I can speak like I do and I can perhaps put some of this opinion across that is potentially shared across the industry. But because of the way our industry is set up, because of the way it's grown, because of the way it, it's just morphed into what it is now, it's kind of a lot. It's a thing that has had a lot of things stuck into it and, and it's a bit of a mess underneath. The foundations aren't really working. And unfortunately, that's what this pandemic has has shown us and it's proved. Um but the, the message that's been going out there for me throughout all of this, and I, and I do understand it, but is, you know, got to get people traveling again, got to instill faith, got to do this, got to do that. And the longer this goes on, the fact is that people don't need to travel. You know, business is continuing and travel will, will have changed like it definitely has. We've been saying this for a few months now. Um, people are probably getting bored of me saying it but obviously not because you want to talk to me so it's good um, but I think the, I, I, I spoke I've spoken to a very wise lady recently a good friend of mine thank you Sheila um, and she reminded me to sort of try and take emotion out of everything and to which is really hard for me um, but to try and deal with the facts around us and actually when I focus on that the fact is that nobody is traveling 
yeah. business is still operating and the world has changed. So all the wishing in the world mm-hmm. and the lamenting that, you know, the industry is on its knees and it's not sad. It's, it's all very just and it's right. And I'm grateful to everyone that's doing it, but it's not changing the facts. Um, and the longer we go through this, the longer this goes on, Last year was horrible, right? We've all talked about it. It was depressing. It was life-changing for so many people in our industry, but way beyond that, because this is a global situation that's affecting so many people. There was a part of me that felt, I'm going to be really honest here, that was just like, travel industry, be quiet. (laughs) I know it's awful for us, but there's bigger stuff at stake here. Like there's people dying in the world and... And we really need to get a little bit of perspective because the harder we shout about us, it's getting a little bit, I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me. So we we kept quite quiet on that front for quite a few months and and for a long time have accepted that it's not going to come back. So that, you know, that is how we feel at Blue Cube Travel. We are not ever going to get back to the glory days that we once had. It's just not going to happen. So we have to reinvent ourselves. We have to change things. And the first thing we had to do was just accept it, stop worrying that travel is reducing and it has reduced and actually welcome it. Because the benefits of this that I have, you know, we've been talking about sustainability goals and well-being efforts for years. Nothing's nothing's actually affected it quite like this has, though, has it? Like this is incredible what this pandemic has done. It's it's changed certainly emissions. I mean, there's a whole story there that we can talk about and I'm not going to go into it because I don't have all the numbers at my fingertips. But I think we all can accept that no travel has had a very positive effect on the environment, however we like. And that's always been a controversial argument in our sector because, because we fundamentally need volume, we push volume to the negative of to of our planet and we've been under fire of that for many 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 years but what's happened now is we've been forced to stop and actually the hate to say it guys but the proof is in the pudding um so arguably the the, the planet is looking better for it but also us you know as, as humans nine million people going into london every day squashed on a train what why are we doing that like it doesn't work it worked 50 years ago because there weren't so many people it hasn't worked for some time. Stress levels are up. People aren't seeing their families. All of these other things. This has stopped it again. Much, much more life, work-life balance. Life-work balance. Yes, exactly. And we actually know what that means now rather than just sort of saying it. And we're putting other priorities first because work should enable your life. Not, you don't, well, people have lots of different opinions on how their work works within their lives. But perhaps in a, I, I'm very lucky. I love my job despite all of this. But, you know, some people really don't. So you have to have that balance. You have to have that break. And I think those are good things that have come out of this. And from the very beginning of this, I've really felt these are the things we can harness. How can we make sure these things continue? And it doesn't just become a volume game again. And we're like, oh, switch it back on again. Um, And I do think for a long time, people felt that that was what was going to happen. I still think that is what a lot of people think is going to happen. But the fact of the matter is it can't. We can't just switch it back on again. It's gone on for too long now. We have to start asking ourselves some real questions um, to, to why. Why were we traveling in the first place? Because in my experience, a lot of companies we've been working with for many, many years just did it. Just nothing they do. It's been building up for years and years. It's part of the culture of the company. We travel. We don't travel. 
um, this department does, this department doesn't. So you just do it. No one was thinking about it. And as an industry, we just made it easier and easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So it went up and up and up. And the conversations now for years have been, how do I keep my costs down? And the question as to why we're doing it has completely gone. As CFOs around the country say, what? What? No, we've always got a good reason for travel. But let's be honest, you know, it's a tick box on a, it's an internal meeting. It's an external meeting. It's this, it's that. Data is great if you're asking the right questions of it in the first place. And we've got a chance now to, to reset all of this. Um, and the longer it goes on, the, the bigger that chance is. Um, so, yeah, we do welcome it because actually going into this year, we had to close last year down. It was horrible. And I couldn't bring, I'm a smaller company now at Blue Cube, and I had to bring positivity and hope into this year. There is so much positivity and hope because of the, you know, the vaccinations. It does feel like the end is in sight. But we have to acknowledge the fact that it's going to be different and we have to perhaps help now our clients and show them how it's going to be different. It's going to be okay. It's just going to be different. You mentioned the vaccinations there. Obviously, that's... Um is bringing some positivity to all of us at the moment. Um, and, I, and I, you see that, I believe, as a, as a way to, or you see us focusing on the UK as a, as a way of kind of definitely bringing something positive out, out of this, that this is what we should be doing now, rather than, you know, obviously we, you know, travel is very restricted. Why don't we now focus on what the UK is doing and well, I'll let you I'll let you talk away because I know this is one of your yeah no thank you I mean it's something I've been thinking quite a lot about so throughout this uh, we've had one client who's been traveling and luckily for me they've been traveling domestically in the UK and they are a key worker I've spoken to other TMCs and I know they're in a fortunate position and they work with lots of key workers domestically within the UK and it's just got me thinking, you know, I'm, I'm quite outspoken about the fact that people that, you know, moving out of this, what travellers want is travellers, companies, travellers, families, they want proof and they want to, they want trust back in the industry. They want some sort of level of framework that gives them, that gives everybody within the industry something to work towards, as opposed to these you know, whoever's got the biggest budgets has the best sales campaign and, and, and that's kind of how they, they, they win business. And that's not really what this industry should be about or what it kind of needs to be about anymore. So I'm quite outspoken about um, accreditation for hotels and, you know, whether that be COVID, but actually the bigger picture, the security side of it and how properties can um, differentiate themselves in a different way and, and something that's important now to travel managers because these are the questions that are going to be asked. I think um, I'll go on to travel management, remind me about that in a second. I'll talk about how I feel about poor travel managers because they're being asked a horrible question at the moment. But thinking about that, within the UK, every business is, so, is struggling at the moment. You know, well, not every business, but lots of certainly within our industry, they are. We've got an opportunity to to lead by example. So actually, if the property's here, if we take and I'm going to take hotels as the example, if we start becoming independently accredited and start showing the rest of the world what that looks like when travel does start again the UK is going to be a really safe place to come to because we will have actually done all of this and would have ticked the boxes so we've been working on um 
there's a there's a travel risk management ISO coming out and that delivers a framework this hotel part is part of it um, and it's something I feel passionately about so it's because it's my background but it's not just about that it's about across the whole network so whether it be trains whether it be domestic flights whether it be using hotels for different reasons we just if we get this really really done well within the UK I think it's probably one of our biggest opportunities to to show the rest of the world how to do it so that that's positive isn't it we can turn it all on its head surely this is the ISO 31030 yeah no that one (laughs) I don't I you know I didn't I'm always so honest I'm too honest I didn't really know what ISOs were until about four years ago so um I'm now very embedded in them and who would have thought that I would have you know thought that this was the best thing that could have happened to the industry but honestly it is so the, the travel risk management ISO, which is for 31030 um, and said in a variety of different ways, is coming out in June of this year. Um, I've been very, very fortunate to be on the public body of that. So over the last 12 months have been quite involved in uh, the final document, well, the final documentation to then go off, making sure everything's been covered. Um, what it is, is it's, it's actually aimed at the corporates. So it's aimed at businesses. It's not aimed at travel agencies, which is a sigh of relief across the whole sector I'm sure um but it's it's not an ISO that they have to have it's not certified but as I mentioned earlier it's a framework it's something for companies to to benchmark what they're doing against and to actually insert the idea of risk management into travel which I think is done very very well in some companies depending on the location um, so we all know if a company is going to high risk areas, then then that's going to be looked at incredibly in depth. And if you're a larger company, you can work with the wonderful ISOSs of these of this world and manage it in a different way. But again, 80 percent of businesses in the UK are SMEs. And I am telling you, they have just not got the ability, the facilities, the knowledge, the cash to do this. Um, so they're not thinking about the risks concerned in a trip. What this ISO does is is allow us to think about travel in a different way. So it's not transactional and reactive, which is what I'm against. It's strategic and it's part of your overall plan. Um, and it should be because every time you send somebody away, I hate to say this, but, you know, that CEO is responsible for them. So actually, why have we not cared up until now? For me, it's about putting the people back into travel. Um, travel is about people. It's always been about people. Yet we've made it transactional and we've forgotten about the people. And actually, if we're going to put any faith back into allowing our travellers to want to travel again, we've got to start listening to them and start thinking about what they want. You know, who is talking to their travellers right now to say, I know you used to travel a lot, but how do you feel about it? Nobody's asking those questions. No one's asking traveller questions at all because it's all just being put to one side. The poor travel manager, and I will go back to my earlier point, they're just probably living in fear of the moment that their executive comes and says to them, right, when do we start travelling again? Because how can anyone answer that question based on what we've done historically? You can't. I've, I've... At the same time, I've spoken to some travel managers recently, and I think some of the, most of them, the ones I've spoken to, are actually in, they're excited about the opportunities, the, the, the way that their role will change, because 
it isn't, as you said, just about transactions and, and you know, and doing the bookings and, and trying to find ways to cut costs and putting the travel program together. Now it's, they are much more involved in, with, well, with high level discussions within their companies, you know, they've, they've got their roles almost been, has been elevated to a certain yeah. status now. And it gives them, you know, there is more complexity and it will be, it will be I'm sure, very difficult to start with, but ultimately in the long term, their role will be much more important and and much more um, rewarding and and exciting. I think is it, we can go. Through. Would you would you agree with that? I agree wholeheartedly for those travel managers that have all and the ones that have you know the ones we know of, the ones that we meet all the time, um, and the, that they they've felt for so long because they they've been able to join you know different uh, travel things and experience and they, they understand like we understand travel we've been able to impart that onto them but for such a long time now it's you just can't get it to that executive c-suite level it's really difficult to do that and again this has switched that completely the point is though is that how do they get the answers they've got to you know that that shouldn't be on them so it's wonderful that they're being listened to now but depending on the organisation, that's a lot of pressure on someone who who isn't used to being in that situation. So it's an absolutely amazing opportunity, but you've just got to make sure that you're being provided with the right information from below. And I think that's where, again, working with your partners is something that's got to happen in the future. We've got to talk more openly, you know, the three different partners, the travel partners, the corporates and the travel management companies that sort of link it all together. I we have to work strategically together it's not it's not just about numbers it's not about I've got this much volume now to switch to that one because you're going to give me um a better a better cost it's about experience to my travelers it's about the fact actually I don't want to do 200 trips a year because that's ridiculous I want to do 10 how do I therefore know but I'm prepared to pay more for those trips because I want to make sure that my it's a completely different conversation and that does involve I think a completely different skill set so what we've been missing for years is bringing other people into this conversation and that is now finally happening and I'm, I welcome it. Um, so, you know, HR coming into the conversations as they should do, risk management coming into the conversations, procurement and finance still very, very well placed. They should 100% be there. But in so many organisations, it's them that completely control everything and this part's been overlooked or for some reason, they just don't talk to each other. One sorts out the policy and one sorts out the bookings. Like These things have got to come together. Um, and I really welcome that. But I think still where the, where, the, where the concern lies is for the smaller companies that don't have all of those roles in place. That, of course, is the opportunity for consider you know for, con for consulting companies and for other companies like travel management companies who've got that experience so that really helps them but you still have to be able to get that that buy-in to the smaller companies to understand that this is actually important it's not just um something that the big corporations need to think about and and still to this at this moment there's a oh well it's not happening so we won't think about it at the moment because we've got lots of other things to think about and that's the bit we've got to change but that's about changing the what we're talking about what, which is also exciting what, what would you say to a travel manager um what they should, should they be doing now to prepare for the, the travel restart what would be your kind of Advice. I've been asked this question a few times from my travel managers and and you know what what should we what should we be doing so um the, the issue is that many travel managers aren't just on travel right they're on different things so it's just ensuring that, that priority remains 
even though you're going to have lots of other things that you need to be looking at. And again, sadly, a lot of businesses of whether outside of it, travel have had to make cuts and things. So they've got a lot on their plate. So it's very easy just to kind of put something to one side. And we're saying really, really don't do that. Now is the time to actually completely wipe the slate clear and to start asking yourself five very simple questions, which start with, you know, why do we travel? Who travels? Where do we travel? How do we travel? And my final one, which I'll have forgotten. Um, is there a what? There's probably a what in there. I'm definitely using those five. And to take it back to the drawing board and to really start asking these questions, because we need to build this from the ground up and we need to build it from the people up. Um, travel policies have been going this way down for many for many years. It doesn't work. It doesn't really work across the business. Really now is the time to understand that travel is not a transaction. It's not a means to an end. It's part of a bigger story. And by understanding that whole story, you'll understand whether the travel is even essential or whether it needs to fit in at all. But it's about including everybody and asking these questions. So those travel managers that are able to have that buy-in now, I'm saying go for it. If, if you need some advice, be talking to your travel management companies and try and get them involved in this because they have they're sitting on so much knowledge for you um, and they should be able to really kind of help you. Um, and and don't be scared to actually say, OK, this is this is OK that we're, we're reducing. I mean, I know from corporates that on the other side of it, you know, they're not putting budgets out for the next two to three years. They're changing this totally. They're basically saying, if you want to travel, come and tell us why. That doesn't sit well with us as an industry. We're like, what? We've got to we've got to understand that that's what's happening, and we've got to get to that point. And travel managers within corporations should feel empowered now to be able to have those conversations. And if they can't, then take a step back and try and understand why that is and what's going on. I think. Um, but getting involved with this ISO is great. There's some amazing. Um, I am going to do a slight plug, but I'm not because I won't but there's some amazing courses going on at the moment um we've been involved in one um which is a, a playbook for travel buyers but there's there's others that are coming out and I would just kind of depending on how you've come into the industry you could be that you've been a booker once it could be that you're an EA to one of the executives and it there's many many ways that you can become a travel manager within an organization um, and you might only know your one bit that you knew within the industry. The industry is absolutely massive. So getting a really good rounded view of, of what it was, why we're at where we are now and what the future could be, will put you in a much better position for having conversations. So I would you know, be using this time to get yourself up to speed, to talk to your partners and to start rethinking about what you can do um, to make it better on the other side. Shouldn't say that the other side sounds ever so dark. <laughs> that, that's been absolutely fantastic, Bex. All really, really great stuff. Lots to think about for everybody. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us today. And we really look forward to meeting you when the restrictions. We will. It's another um another lockdown relationship. I've got developed loads of them and it's lovely, but it seems weird to think that we haven't actually met. But we will do, hon. We yeah. will.